Chapter Two of A Problem in Modern Ethics by John Addington Simons. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter Two Vulgar Errors. Gibbon's remarks upon the legislation of Constantine, Theodosius, and Justinian supply a fair example of the way in which men of learning and open mind have hitherto regarded what after all is a phenomenon worthy of cold and calm consideration i touch he says with reluctance and dispatch with impatience a more odious vice of which modesty rejects the name and nature abominates the idea after briefly alluding to the morals of etruria greece and rome he proceeds to the enactments of constantine adultery was first declared to be a capital offence the same penalties were inflicted on the passive and active guilt of pederasty and all criminals of free or servile condition were either drowned or beheaded or cast alive into the avenging flames then without further comment he observes the adulterers were spared by the common sympathy of mankind but the lovers of their own sex were pursued by general and pious indignation justinian relaxed the punishment at least of female infidelity the guilty spouse was only condemned to solitude and penance and at the end of two years she might be recalled to the arms of a forgiving husband but the same emperor declared himself the implacable enemy of unmanly lust and the cruelty of his persecution can scarcely be excused by the purity of his motives in defiance of every principle of justice he stretched to past as well as future offences the operations of his edicts with the previous allowance of a short respite for confession and pardon a painful death was inflicted by the amputation of the sinful instrument or the insertion of sharp reeds into the pores and tubes of most exquisite sensibility one consequence of such legislation may be easily foreseen a sentence of death and infamy was often founded on the slight and suspicious evidence of a child or a servant the guilt of the green faction of the rich and of the enemies of theodora was presumed by the judges and pederasty became the crime of those to whom no crime could be imputed this state of things has prevailed wherever the edicts of justinian have been adopted into the laws of nations the cathari the paterini the heretics of provence the templars the fraticelli were all accused of unnatural crimes tortured into confession and put to death where nothing else could be adduced against an unpopular sect a political antagonist a wealthy corporation a rival in literature a powerful party leader unnatural crime was insinuated and a cry of 
down with the pests of society prepared the populace for a crusade it is the common belief that all subjects of sexual inversion have originally loved women but that through monstrous debauchery and superfluity of naughtiness tiring of normal pleasure they have wilfully turned their appetites into other channels this is true about a certain number but the sequel of this essay will prove that it does not meet by far the larger proportion of cases in whom such instincts are inborn and a considerable percentage in whom they are also inconvertible medical jurists and physicians have recently agreed to accept this as a fact it is the common belief that a male who loves his own sex must be despicable degraded depraved vicious and incapable of humane or generous sentiments if greek history did not contradict this supposition a little patient inquiry into contemporary manners would suffice to remove it but people will not take this trouble about a matter which like gibbon they touch with reluctance and dispatch with impatience those who are obliged to do so find to their surprise that among the men who are subject to this deplorable vice there are even quite intelligent talented and highly placed persons of excellent and even noble character the vulgar expect to discover the objects of their outraged animosity in the scum of humanity but these may be met with every day in drawing-rooms law courts banks universities mess-rooms on the bench the throne the chair of the professor under the blouse of the workman the cassock of the priest the epaulettes of the officer the smock-frock of the ploughman the wig of the barrister the mantle of the peer the costume of the actor the tights of the athlete the gown of the academician it is the common belief that one and only one unmentionable act is what the lovers seek as the source of their unnatural gratification and that this produces spinal disease epilepsy consumption dropsy and the like nothing can be more mistaken as the scientifically reported cases of avowed and adult sinners amply demonstrate neither do they invariably or even usually prefer the aversa venus nor when this happens do they exhibit peculiar signs of suffering in health excess in any venereal pleasure will produce diseases of nervous exhaustion and imperfect nutrition but the indulgence of inverted sexual instincts within due limits cannot be proved to be especially pernicious were it so the dorians and athenians including sophocles pindar Aeschines, epaminondas all the spartan kings and generals the theban legion phidias plato would have been one nation of rickety phthysical dropsical paralytics 
the grain of truth contained in this vulgar error is that under the prevalent laws and hostilities of modern society the inverted passion has to be indulged furtively spasmodically hysterically that the repression of it through fear and shame frequently leads to habits of self-abuse and that its unconquerable solicitations sometimes convert it from a healthy outlet of the sexual nature into a morbid monomania it is also true that professional male prostitutes like their female counterparts suffer from local and constitutional disorders as is only natural it is the common belief that boys under age are specially liable to corruption this error need not be confuted here anyone who chooses to read the cases recorded by caspar liman caspar in his novellen kraft ebbing and ulrichs or to follow the developments of the present treatise or to watch the manners of london after dark will be convicted of its absurdity young boys are less exposed to dangers from abnormal than young girls from normal voluptuaries it is the common belief that all subjects from inverted instinct carry their lusts written in their faces that they are pale languid scented effeminate painted timid oblique in expression this vulgar error rests upon imperfect observation a certain class of such people are undoubtedly feminine from their earliest youth they have shown marked inclination for the habits and the dress of women and when they are adult they do everything in their power to obliterate their manhood it is equally true that such unsexed males possess a strong attraction for some abnormal individuals but it is a gross mistake to suppose that all the tribe betray these attributes the majority differ in no detail of their outward appearance their physique or their dress from normal men they are athletic masculine in habits frank in manner passing through society year after year without arousing a suspicion of their inner temperament were it not so society would long ago have had its eyes opened to the amount of perverted sexuality it harbours the upshot of this discourse on vulgar errors is that popular opinion is made up of a number of contradictory misconceptions and confusions moreover it has been taken for granted that to investigate the depraved instincts of humanity is unprofitable and disgusting consequently the subject has been imperfectly studied and individuals belonging to radically different species are confounded in one vague sentiment of reprobation assuming that they are all abominable society is content to punish them indiscriminately the depraved debauchee who abuses boys receives the same treatment as the young man who loves a comrade the male prostitute who earns his money by extortion is scarcely more contemned 
than a man of birth and breeding who has been seen walking with soldiers end of chapter two recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey